Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, another fun week of talking, texting, emailing so many people across the globe. Uh, I look forward to doing this every week. Um, never thought it would grow to the size that it has. Uh, so Julie and I are both very um, appreciative and humbled because our, our mission at least my mission initially was in doing this podcast was to destigmatize mental health, legitimize it, um, give it the appropriate credibility uh, and seriousness, seriousness that it deserves, but also instilling a sense of hope. Um, so someone had emailed me or I think texted me uh, the other day, and as you know, I do this program very organically. I rarely have an idea of a topic. Um, but they texted me if I could talk about, because I had mentioned this in one of the episodes, about um, logotherapy and the work of Viktor Frankl. Uh, <clears throat> so I uh, went into the library at, at uh, our house, and I pulled out the book that I actually... Brad, it is part of my uh, one of my courses in my doctoral program, and I pulled out some of the notes that I had taken when I was a student, and um, I'm going to briefly go over kind of his his theory and model, and kind of extrapolate into other aspects and some of the work by like Wayne Dyer. Um, so this is more of a an existential episode. Uh, so, so Viktor Frankl wrote the book *Man's Search for Meaning* back in 1946, and I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, in today's uh, socio-cultural climate, could would that book still be published under the name *Man's Search for Meaning*? You know, would it be have to be everybody's search for meaning, human search for meaning? Uh, but Viktor Frankl was a neurologist and, and a psychiatrist, uh, and, and and the whole method method or ideology that he espoused was to identify the purpose in, in life, um, finding meaning in life. And Logos, is you know, his theoretical model was logotherapy. Logos is actually Greek for the, the word meaning. And it's really an existential analysis. And by existential, it's really thinking on a higher cognitive level about... Um, Things like, you know, why am I here? Why was I born? What is what is the meaning of my role as, as a parent, as a child, as a student? That, uh, and I'm trying to figure out the meaning of why Julie's making so much noise in the background. So I know that falls into logotherapy. Um, but what it really is, it's finding meaning in life, uh, and, and it's one of the most, what he thought was one of the most primal motivations, uh, motivating factors in, in human beings. And uh, he refers to something called the, 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 the search for the spirit, but spirit not in the sense, uh, not in the sense of something uh, religious, but the will of the human being. What is the will? Um, and if you know, if you kind of take a look like how I approach cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the questions I will, I've always asked patients is, what is your motivation? And I think, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy has, you know, a lot of theories have, you know, drawn from other theories and into creating their own paradigm. 
but the basic tenets of logotherapy, uh, again, this is my writing as, as a student, uh, which has gotten worse over the years. Um, one is that life has meaning under any circumstances, even the most miserable. And uh, Viktor Frankl was able to find meaning in a fish head while in a Nazi concentration camp. Um, and if you just step back and just from a non-existential perspective, like, how do you find meaning in, in that? And I think the meaning he found was, despite the despicable and horrendous conditions that he was surrounded by, he was able to find meaning in something that was able to, to give nourishment, uh, even as disgusting as a fish head is, that um, he was able to take something that most of us would consider to be, you know, vile and, and, and find meaning in it. Uh, a second tenet is the main motivation for living is our will to find meaning in life. Uh, and the third is to find meaning in what, whatever we do and we have the freedom to experience and find meaning in what we do and in all the experiences that we have. Um, and his, his core values were uh, a dedication to a cause. Um, and this, I think, kind of even borders somewhat on, on Young's uh, concept. He was a little bizarre, Young, but uh, his best friend was a tree stump. But I think he had bipolar disorder. But, you know, Young's conception, um, conceptualization of, like, you know, the connectedness of, of individuals is what he called the collective unconscious. That, you know, maybe we are not individual souls, that we are simply part of one larger soul. Um, so, you know, the, so a dedication to a cause, um, and this even translates into the work of, of Alfred Adler, that, you know, his tasks of life, the, the sex task, the love task, the social task, um, you know, was really our, our responsibility as, as individuals to not live um, a myopic life, that we are social creatures and that we have a responsibility to not only ourselves, not only to our families, but also to the greater society in general. And as you, you look around the world, you read the news, um, I think this is the antithesis of, of, of the current infrastructure of, of what's going on in the world is really really was, was not what Adler was talking about, was not what Young was talking about, was not what... Um, Victor Frankl was talking about. Uh, so, so dedication to our cause is really our responsibility to something bigger than ourselves, whether that's volunteering at a homeless shelter, whether that's, um, you know, being passionate about, you know, like, I guess for me, like my dedication is, is to neuropsychology and, and, and clinical psychology and, and diagnostics and doing the podcast that, that this is my passion in, 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 in the field that I've chosen to pursue. Uh, another value was being part of a group. And again, also connected to Adler's work, our, 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 our social responsibility to one another. Um, not that we are responsible for other people, but that we do have a responsibility to to help other people. And again, in this world that is so polarized, whether it's gender, race, socioeconomic status, everybody is classified, and we are in such a divided society. And this these were, this was not what these guys were talking about when they developed their theories. 
especially Adler. Um, another another value was uh, having life values. You know, do we ever kind of sit back and say, you know, what 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 matters? What is what is important? And I think it's really an individualized answer. Uh, as opposed to, you know, these are these are the these are the choices that you have. You know, what what are your life values? I think some people can choose life values that is is family, is uh, spirituality, is um, responsibility, truthfulness, uh, faithfulness, um, integrity. Um, but I think it's really taking a step back and, and like what what is what are the values that really motivate us and in 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 the life you know now that we're kind of out of the pandemic and we're back to just the the hustle and bustle of daily life this kind of stuff really gets away from us uh, myself included you know I think it reoriented me when I you know pulled the book out I was like yeah let me go through this but it's something you know is something I think you know he he rec- he was really adamant about being connected to something bigger than ourselves uh and having you know the fourth value was having clear goals you know um you take it from like a perspective when i work done therapy with patients is what what is your goal what's your end goal for therapy first of all what's your goal for the day what's your goal for the week what's your goal for the month what's your goal for three months what's your goal for six months what's your goal for the year so you know vague goals lead to vague results and what what he warned against were, were were three things that move us away from from searching for a meaning in life, and that's uh, the pursuit of affluence. You know, the, the pursuit of you know I have this esteemed career, or I have th- this position, or I have this address, or I have this type of house, or I have this you know X Y and Z, and I'm, I, I I've traveled here here here, and you know social media is replete with what people post about you know the the, the accolades of their lives. Uh, hedonism was another another one of his warnings, um, and materialism. So affluence, hedonism, and materialism, uh, and you know, in a, in a Western civilized uh, country that is that is Amazon driven, uh, I think we are all have a sense of materialism. Um, what kind of you know is my car better than yours? Is your house bigger than mine? Is is your 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 spouse as attractive as mine? Whatever we work in this constant state. Of, of social comparison and and, and you know the, the you know the social learning theorists and, and Albert Bandura and all, all those guys you know they, they were they were talking about this you know years ago decades ago uh, but these are the things that move us away from you know what Wayne Dyer would talk about and and I would definitely highly recommend um, listening to him especially the series I don't know if you can buy the CDs anymore uh, but if you can listen to the power of intention. And he talks about our connectedness to what he refers to as source, and a source being an energy field, not necessarily God, but if you want to interpret it as something as God, feel free to do so. But this is really an individual quest to explore the depths of our psyche, the depths of our, our individual beings, and, and to find the things that, that, that give us passion, that give us enjoyment, that are not material. What are you doing over there? They're not materialistic, but that are things that are bigger and and, and and much more profound than ourselves. And as Wayne Dyer talks about in The Power of Intentions, whenever we move away from the source, we're disconnected from the energy, and we are all comprised of energy. 
we are all comprised of, of we are all electrical chemical beings and we all function on that level and again this topic is very cerebral and you know i'm doing the best i can to kind of explain victor frankl's model but i'm also kind of incorporating my own personal philosophy in this that uh, you know i self-reflection is something that is very difficult um it is it is very difficult uh, for a lot of us because I think we have a tendency to regress to the aspects of ourselves that are problematic, uh, our depression, our anxiety, our 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 pain, our complaints. Um, you know, I did the episode maybe a year ago on, on gratitude, and I, I think it, it's incredibly. I think it's crucial. I'd put it that way, crucial that we do become more mindful and more aware of what are the things in our lives that give us meaning. And uh, as someone who's lost two parents at a young age, um, you, what you learn is people don't get replaced. They don't, they don't get replaced. It's not like breaking up with somebody because they're still out there and there's still the chance that maybe you'd reconnect with them at some point. Um, but, but, but you know, there's there's a finality of death, and um, you know, it, and a lot of people sometimes I think can walk around with with regret, um, with with pain, with you know the woulda coulda shouldas. Um, so you know, find, I would encourage you to you know find take take a step back and, and get, allow yourself the space to find the things in life that give your life meaning and purpose. Um, and that's why I think we said man's search for meaning. It, it, is not a, it is not a final destination. It is a perpetual journey that we are on. Um, Maslow talked about this, and he, you know, his model's been redefined. This is kind of getting to the place of self-actualization. In his model, he believed, like, I think Jesus and Buddha were the only per- people that were able to get to self-actualization. But self-actualization, how it's, con- how it's kind of understood at this point is we can self-actualize in multiple areas and aspects of our lives. And we are imperfect beings living in an imperfect world. And we are surrounded by dysfunction. We are surrounded by pain. We are surrounded by joy. We're surrounded by all sorts of emotions. And, you know, I, it may sound contradictory because I don't focus on emotions in, in therapy. Um, from, you know, CBT is about thoughts and, and, and behaviors and emotions are just the byproduct. But I, but in, in, in this episode, I think it's relevant because none of us are immune to life. None of us are immune to what life brings, the, the, the people that come into our lives, uh, whether they're healthy, unhealthy, toxic. We are all impacted by the different people that come into our lives. I've said this before. We walk along the ghosts and we walk along the demons. And sometimes we, can't, we we're, don't know how to shake them. And there can be positive force in our lives, and there can be incredibly destructive forces in our lives. And I think it's it's important to take a look at who are you surrounding yourself with, and do the people that you surround yourself with, do they enhance your lives? Um, we get one shot at this, one shot at life. And, you know, the wealthiest places in the world are not the castles. They're not the museums. They're not the banks. They're the cemeteries. Because in there are all the songs that haven't been 
written, all the books that haven't been written, all the ideas that never came to fruition. Um, so those are the that that's really the wealthiest place in the world is uh, are, are are the cemeteries, and you know Wayne Dyer talked about this in one of one of his episodes. He said, "Don't die with the music still in you." That if you have a dream and you have passion and you have something you want to pursue, pursue it. It's better to try something and fail than say, "Gee, I wish I would have." And if you if you look at read the story of the the death of Ivan Illich, um, what is it? Ivan Illich. Ivan Illich. Um, it's a long story, and he's a miserable person. Is on his deathbed is the whole story, and at the end, he's talking to his wife. And he kind of looks at her and he says, he's lived this life that he just hated. And he said, what if what I did was all wrong? Or what if my, what if my whole life was wrong? And I think that's a pretty profound question. And I think it's important for the sooner we can figure this out now, uh, the better off we're able to make corrections and kind of use our psychological GPS to kind of maybe navigate us in a different direction. And if you're not sure how to get get to that place, get into therapy and work with a therapist on, on directing how you can live a more purpose 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 driven life that that espouses the, the the values and the meanings that are important to you and that enhance the lives of the people that you come in contact with. Um, Life's way too short. It it, it, it it really is. And and searching for meaning, uh, according to Viktor Frankl, you can find meaning in everything. Everything has meaning. And, you know, could that meaning sometimes be problematic? I guess. I would think so. But there is meaning. And I think this is, you know, existential psychology is really about getting to a, a much deeper level of, of, of cognitive thinking. Um you know, asking much more existential questions like, what is the meaning of life? You know, like I said, is, is there a God? You know, why was I born to this family? What am, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to become? And I don't, I, I don't think it matters what age you ask these questions at. I think, I, think, I think we are all remiss if we don't ask these questions and be independent of the outcome. You know, don't worry if you, if you, if you don't get there. But I think if, if, you, if you step back, and, and, and look at, at your meaning in your life and the things that are important, it will help maybe reorient you. Like sometimes working with somebody who um, is severely depressed, you know, you say like, um, I don't remember where I heard this, but um, a man comes in and he just, he hates everything about his life. He's miserable and he's, you know, nothing's working out, whatever. I think he goes to a priest actually. Um, and the priest says, "Okay, let's let, let's let's take a look at you know well, what's good in your life. Nothing's good. Nothing. Everything sucks." It's like, "Okay, um, so I'm really sorry that your wife died." He's like, "What are you talking about? You know, my wife is perfectly healthy." Okay, let's put that in the positive column. Healthy wife. Gee, I'm really sorry that you lost your job. It's like, what are you talking? What, what, what are you talking about? I have a great job. I, okay. Priest Ray sound good job. Um, really sorry that you're diagnosed with cancer. It's like, where are you getting this stuff? Are you are you are you, are you insane? Perf, Priest Ray sound perfect health. Then the man starts to realize, I do have a lot of things to be grateful for. 
he kind of catches on. And I think sometimes we can go down that rabbit hole uh, because if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, Julie, want to add anything? I know you like the Wayne Dyer stuff. No, come on. All right. Um, so, you know, I remember I heard that, but it was, I think it was really interesting. And, I, and I've, I've, I've actually used it with a few people, and it, it kind of got that same response of like, oh, yeah, maybe I don't have it as bad as I think I do. Because uh, if you think you have it bad, there's always somebody out there who has it worse. Um, so our motivations are important. Uh, our conscious choices are important. Our, our search for meaning. Uh, and to reiterate, you know, the warnings of, of, of Viktor Frankl is not to pursue affluence, hedonism, and materialism. And, you know, again, in a Western society, these are things that, that, are, that surround us all the time. And I see this with adolescents all the time who, who you know, on their social, you know, are constantly comparing themselves on social media about their appearance and what kind of cars their friends are driving and what vacations their fam their other their friends' families are going on, and it really does a number on the individual psyche, especially in, in adolescence, because like, you know, if, if if they're posting it, it must be true. And I would say, like, you know, you, you, you know, so your friends went on a vac vacation to Hawaii and they're all tan and happy. I said, how do you know that right after the picture, dad didn't shoot up heroin? You know, people only post what they want want you to see, the parts of their lives they want you to see, and they tend to be the the, the, the more uh, idyllic versions um, of, of of what they're posting. Um, but we have a right, and, and I think we also have a responsibility to to search for meaning, to to find. Uh, Meaning, like I said, if, if, if he could find meaning in the head of a fish and you're going through a hard period of time in your life, take a step back and look where you, what you can find meaning in and what you can, you can find appreciation in and what you can find value in. Um, because, you know, self-pity and self-loathing, I mean, those are easy places for all of us to get to. You know, woe is me, poor me. I mean, those are easy places for, for, for us to get to. And again, you know, the, the search for meaning, it, it is a journey, it is, it is a pathway, it is not a final destination. But this is a way for us, I think, to bring about, whether you call it the, the, the spirit, the soul, the psyche, I think all the terms are interchangeable, whatever orientation or, or, or way you can conceptualize it, I would definitely encourage you to, you know, I would definitely encourage you to read the book. Um, it's an amazing, an amazing book, and I'm just, I'm just extrapolating notes I took when I was a student, but in kind of going off on, on my own um, perspectives of it, and you know, self reflection. You know, we lose ourselves and work to do and bills to pay, and 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 and, and sometimes we don't have time for that, and we go through the routines and, and the daily nuances of life, um, when in reality we have a responsibility to ourselves. We have a responsibility to ourselves to find happiness, to find peace. And, you know, if, if, it, if it's psychotherapy that you need, if it's, like, if it's medication, if it's a neuropsych eval, there are avenues in the mental health field to help you get there. Um, but, you know, self-exploration is, is, is a much more difficult process than it sounds like. Um, it's like, where do I start? Just start by thinking. 
start by just taking stock and the, and the gratitude of what you, what you do have and the things maybe you don't have, if, if they're realistic and that you want to pursue, I want to go back to school or I want to change careers, you have every right to do that. None of us are ever without choices, ever. It's an incredibly important statement. I did an episode on, on choices about a year ago. You are never, ever, ever without a choice. It just, the thing is, depending on the circumstances or the point you're at in your life, you may not like the choices that are available to you, but you are never without a choice. That is incredibly empowering and incredibly important that, that, that you understand that, you know, I mean, I have, I have, but with choices come consequences, both positive and negative. You know, I could choose when I leave my office, I, I could choose to drive my car and hit somebody. I have that choice, but the, but the consequences, I'm going to go to jail or I have the choice to drive right home and follow the speed limit and there's no problem. So, you know, that's kind of a morbid example, but uh, thanks, Julie. But the whole point is you're never without a choice. And, you know, we can choose to also just remain idle and say, you know what, I don't want to I don't want to peel the curtain back because I'm afraid what I'm going to find. You have that choice, too. But, you know, the whole point of, you know, this episode is, you know, the, the, the search for meaning um, is that, that that's really the goal of, of, of being human, according to 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 Frankel's model, you know, to sum it up, you know, it's a it's a it's a pretty good sized book. Um, but to really sum it up is um, that that's really our responsibility and our right and our our role. And, you know, the will of the human spirit, the will of the human of being human is 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 to is to that's what he called like, like I said, like the spirit. So want to add anything? Yeah, I could add a little bit. All right. Julie's going to jump on here. Get the chicken out. <clears throat> Hi, guys. Um, I just uh, was listening to Cor talk about um, Victor Frankl. It was a very important book. I urge you all to read it. I read it years ago. I definitely think it's one of those books that you can shelve and pick up. I should probably pick it up again. I probably do. Um, I want to just reiterate a little bit of what I said before regarding, and I, I know I, I, I'm a fan of Wayne Dyer and his work. Um, I am because he, he really explains and defines, um, intention really, really well. And the, the way we, Gosh, I'm going to fall on my face. Um, the Power of Intention is a really good collection of CDs. I actually was just on Amazon today, trying uh, yesterday, trying to find it. It's hard to find. I don't. I think because he's deceased, unfortunately, they're not producing any anymore. Um, but I think you could probably download them like audibly. But um, anyway, he talks a lot about finding, not just finding meaning in life, but, but focusing on intention as a piece of us that we have inside of us, that we were hurled into this universe with. 
that belongs to intention and in the power of the universe. And this is all, this is all, um, generally, uh, coming, stemming from, um, uh, whatchamacallit, oh God, I'm falling on my face. What is it called? Source? No, 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 no. No. What's it called? I can't, I'm blanking. This is why I'm cooking so much. I'm sorry. Um, quantum physics. Um, Planck, Einstein. I'm so fascinated by this, the, the, the work of just these two men. And there are so many more people involved in this um, discovery of, you know, the atom, then they split the atom, and then they look at all different particles of the atom, the electron, proton, neutron. And when they looked at these different particles under a microscope at like an amazing, like the, the, the highest, most powerful, you know, telescopes or mag, uh, uh, microscopes that, that exist in science, they find that um, particles don't make produce other particles. That there's really when you when you when you come right down to it, there's really nothing there, um, and that everything is caused by movement. Everything's caused by intention. So anything that happens in your life is is a result of either us being attached and connected to intention or not connected to intention. He simplifies it. And again, these are CDs full of, and I and believe me, I only know quantum physics in layman's terms, if at all. And I, I certainly am learning from others with this. But Einstein, I say it over and over again on this podcast, people who are connected to source, the real self-actualized people. I think there are more out there than just Jesus and Buddha. and Buddha and um, probably Thich Nhat Hanh is probably another one and um, certainly Mother Teresa and Gandhi. Um, these great people who walked through life. They, they were always at peace. The thing about people that are self-actualized, which is what we all will benefit from doing is they Einstein asked the question he said the most important question you can ask yourself is whether you live in a friendly or a hostile universe if I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and three things go wrong someone cuts me off I'm thinking I live in a hostile universe especially if I watch the news you know and a lot of the social media out there it can be very negative if I wake up and I feel good and I feel God, which is what Wayne always talks about, the intention is our connection to the universe. And we came from this place, not just our parents, because if you think about it, we're all very different when we come into the world as babies. If you, you know, Wayne talks about he has eight kids or eight or 10 kids or something. He said, you know, all you have to do is be in the presence of a birth of a child and you know they either come out screaming and then they're screaming at you three, 13 years later or angry and they're giving you the finger later or they're happy or they're, you know, fussy, whatever. We all have and we all come from this place of intention. So I like to believe that this is true. And I know that, you know, just the other day, I 
I, I wanted to feel good. And he talks a lot about that feeling good is a choice. And it means you need to connect or reconnect to intention. When you feel bad, you are not connected to intention. Feeling good is a practice and it's a choice. This does not mean that people who have chemical dysregulation in their brain, leading to depression, PTSD, all that stuff, bipolarity, schizophrenia, um, this does not mean that that part doesn't exist. And I believe that medication definitely can help so many people. He doesn't really talk a lot about medication. And I, and I guess there, there are people out there who don't really believe in medication or that it works. But um, so, you know, hostile or friendly universe, hmm, chicas, I mean, all of the people that are self-actualized, and Wayne Dyer, before he passed away included, did a whole life's work on, on self-reliance and knowing that he came from the universe, not just mom and dad. Um, but that he came with a purpose and he talks about the burning desire. Burning desires tend to fade sometimes with us, you know, we're born, we're born into the world. And then, you know, as Bill Burr, one of my favorite, although he's a little fresh, but, you know, he talks about how, you know, parents download their stuff on their kids. Well, yeah, sure, sure we do. Um, you know, I, I'm a parent and I know very well that, my gosh, it's a very, an amazing, amazing job. And I'm blessed to have two children. But, you know, I wasn't always perfect. And my parents weren't always perfect. And, but you know what? I look at my life and I say, you know, I, I'm here on purpose. I'm at this place in my life on purpose. And, I'm not here by accident. So I think what sometimes happens is that whatever the intention that we're born into this world with, we come with goodliness, godliness, because we come from source. We come from this energy of intention. And it's all good. It's only good. It only knows good. But on planet Earth, as we know, you have to guard your mind. You have to guard your mind. But the minute you don't feel good, you're disconnected from intention. The other part, I think, is a very important part to mention. And it's very difficult to get answers for this. But this is the one and only time that I've ever felt that someone's answered this question for me. And I don't know about you guys, but so here, here goes. How can I feel happy when someone close to me is dying, people around me are suffering, the world is, is in utter chaos. The world is perpetually in utter chaos. It always has been. I mean, it really has. You think about it, you look back at all the, all the wars we've had and how we've hated this one, hated that one, hated this one, just because we're supposed to, not because we actually knew a person from that area of the world, but just because we were told we we're supposed to hate them. And then they fight to the death over religious or, you know, um, land, economy, all kinds of things. They fight over the darndest things. Power. They fight because of fear. The universe is a loving place. 
But when we sit and we see these things in our life and we see the war in Ukraine and we see the pandemic and we see the news and we see the horrible things that happen to good people, it's it's absolutely devastating. The shootings and the thing that Wayne said that he extrapolated from famous authors and scientists and philosophers and religious leaders over time, historians, is that you can't feel bad enough to make someone else feel better. And that is so true. Because when something happens to our loved ones, or even us or a friend, you want, you just like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Of course you feel bad, but you want to feel good. But you feeling bad doesn't make that other person feel better. You feeling bad means you've disconnected from source. I love St. Francis of Assisi. I think Cor and I bonded over this wonderful, amazing human being that existed. I don't even know how long ago. And he, he was a true servant of universal energy and God. He said, where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is darkness, let me bring light. Where there is illness, let me bring healing. Um, he, I'm, I'm sure there are other things that he said, but he was very devoted. And, you know, like even I could quote Jerry Seinfeld. I love what he says. I mean, talk about a successful guy, right? He said, in, in failure, you hold your head up high. In success, you humble. You hold your head down. Meaning, it's, it, it, I, I like that because he's, he's legitimately a very famous person. And I like that, that philosophy. Um, you know, if we focus on the good and if we focus on wanting to feel good, Wayne gives an example of a trolley strap. He talks about when he's really young, he was like two years old. I can't believe he can remember when he was two years old, but he was. He was with his mother and his two brothers, and they were driving a trolley because they were going to her job, single mother, yada, 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 before he went into an orphanage. And um, he, he talked about looking up and seeing this trolley strap hanging, but it seems like 10 feet away from where he was because he was so small. But he uses that because I think it's an excellent metaphor for when you're feeling down, you say trolley strap, or you look up and see the trolley strap. It's You grab onto it, you latch onto it, and let it take you. The power of intention is, is the power of getting in touch with who you really are in your soul. It's because we live in these temporary houses, our bodies, that we're born and then we die. But the spirit, like Jesus says, it's the spirit that gives life. I feel like this is so important to know and feel and believe in because it, it's coming from people who have spent their lives doing this work and from all different facets, all different disciplines. And to me, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Because if I want to feel good, I'll focus on what I'm grateful for. Or if I'm feeling distressed or stressed out, I, I'll, I'll pray. 
I'll ask God or hand it over to God. And I know I talk a lot about God, but I have a right to do that because I believe in God. It doesn't mean that that's for everybody. But you can also look at it as as a source of energy if you're not comfortable with the spirituality aspect of it or the religious aspect. I am not a, a fan of religion, really, at all. I am not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, for sure. And I'm constantly evolving, and I constantly forget, and I constantly have to pull myself back. And I think that's the challenge of life. It's about finding peace. It's about being peace. It's about one thing that happened to me last week was I was driving um, on the beach with my husband and um, you know, I thought the darndest thing I saw. And every time I see any money, it could be a penny, could be a quarter, could be, I saw a $5 bill rolling in the wind just along the parking lot. And I was like, wait, what? So I was like, wow. So I stopped the car. No one else seemed to be around, you know, looking for a lost five. Otherwise, I would have given it to somebody. But I got out of the car and I grabbed it. And in the moment that I did that, I knew and I said to myself, first of all, God, thank you for the symbol of abundance that continues to flow into my life, because I truly believe in my heart of hearts that money is energy. It's just energy. That's it. I've been, I've been studying that for 12 years now, so I know that for a fact. And I didn't always have money, guys. I was very poor for a long time um, throughout my life. Um, not always, but I did have some, I really struggled with, with that. Um, so I know firsthand what it's like. So now when I pick up a penny, and even just two weeks ago, I picked up a penny. I was getting, picking up a car. And it was a very fun day for me. And I saw this penny in the parking lot. And I picked it up and I gave it to somebody else. And I said in front of them, God, thank you for the symbol of abundance that continues to flow into my life. And I said, the moment you pick that up, you give it away. Our lives, we are born into this world with nothing. And we die with nothing. Everything we accumulate on the way is just stuff. All you have is you to give away. That's the, that's, that's, the most, that's the most important part. It's the joy you feel. Even though I gave a penny to somebody else, I explained to this person why I did that. And she's like, wow, I never heard of that. I'm going to do that. That pay it forward, I think. You know, you, you guys all know about pay it forward. You know, the getting in line at Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, you pay for the person behind you. You know why? Because it makes you feel good. And guess what? The person behind you is going to do that to somebody else because it's contagious. You want to feel good. It makes you feel good. When we give of ourselves, as long as it's not dangerous or harmful to ourselves, because I know there are a lot of people out there who give too much, you know, and, and they, they, they become very drained and they give too much and don't care about themselves and need better boundaries. I get that. Been there, done it. So I know that. But a week later, I was uh, mailing some something in the mailbox outside of uh, the grocery store we go to, and there was this. There's this. There's this group of people that come into our town. They've been kind of flitting about. They they go into the parking lot. I'm telling you, it was in the. It was must have been 110 degrees out. 
absolutely no shade. This guy was out there playing music with a violin and it was the most gorgeous. It was like so out of, it, 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 it was random. I mean, he was just there and we've seen these people pop up occasionally. Um, and I just got out of the car and I remember that $5 bill and I put it in his, in his cup and he said, God bless you. And I, that's everything. Random acts of kindness. Even if I just put it in his cup and he didn't know who I was, I would still feel good. So on this planet Earth, remember that, guys. Really, remember that. You can't feel bad enough to make anybody else feel better. You can't get sick enough to make someone else healthier. You can't want to fix somebody else who is maybe broken or doesn't know what's wrong with them because we get so many people reaching out to us about how it is to be in a relationship with somebody who they love and they can't fix. They're suffering from it. They see their partner suffering. They see their children suffering. And this is the message that I think that I want to bring to you today. All right. So this is um, a different episode. Uh, This is really, I think, what I had said and what Julie had said. I think she did an amazing job of articulating it. This is existential psychology. This is really what it is. Uh, Viktor Frankl was, again, the book is The Man's Search for Meaning. I would definitely encourage you to read it. Uh, Wayne Dyer, The Power of Intention. Um, It's really, again, this is a very different topic. uh, It's not not very clinical, um, but it does really put us, I think it's really important for us to, to take time to look at our individual selves, our motivations, our the meanings in our lives, the things that we should be grateful for, and as Adler said, our our, our social responsibility to those um, that are less fortunate, uh, those that may not have as much as we have. Um, it 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 really is transformative. Um, just look up existential psychology. Um, it's it's really powerful. What do you want to say? And and get the book, Man's Search for Meaning. I'm sure it's still in print. It's a classic. And if you really think about what he was going through in Auschwitz, losing family members and seeing people be killed, and it just, there are no words. I None of us could even imagine. And yet he still had the will to find joy and in meaning. A, in meaning. In that experience, he was able to do it. If he can do it, we all can do it. Another book that I would also encourage you to get is The Celestine Prophecy, uh, which is basically the whole premise is there is no such thing as coincidence. Everything is ordered. Everything is orchestrated. Um, So, all right, we've gone on long enough. Uh, Hopefully, you guys got something out of this. I'm sure I'll have another topic for next week. Um, Until next time, um, feel free to reach out to me through Psychology Today, 
Uh, reach out to me through Psychology Unplugged at Outlook.com. You can contact me or text me directly, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time. Until next time, be well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, get these books. Get these resources. They are transformative. Um, and again, Julie and I speak uh with 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 passion i'm more the extrovert julie's more the introvert uh but i think you know hopefully our collective um commentaries on this episode uh resonate with people and um it's scary out there but uh never lose sight of hope all right take care of yourselves guys talk to you next week bye